0: thing in technology right now when you can you know marry the community aspect and the product-led you know decision-making if you can kind of pair those things right now you are starting to build like a massive funnel process of success really because it's driving from this community um, and it really helps build that sales engine along the way as well
1: welcome to startup the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm Mike Wolfsfeld, our host is Dan Gold, and we're having conversations with tech leaders in our community about how they're working through the current global economic crisis and the larger implications on their sectors. Today, we're talking again with Alicia Soulier of Salon Scale. This time, she's joined by her new co founders, COO Kim Baduke and CTO Tyler Gatehouse. Since we last talked with Alicia in season three of the show, they've been a startup powerhouse successfully raising their first major round of funding and fueling massive growth. This includes growing by 101% since March of this year, when most salons in North America were forced to temporarily shut down. We talked with the three of them about how they've managed to sustain this rapid growth during what is perhaps the hardest time in the history of their industry, by streamlining their efforts and doubling down on their commitment to help salon owners succeed. Welcome to Startup Bill. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications.
2: Hello and welcome to this episode of Startupville. It's a a revisit, a check-in, a follow-up. Alicia Soulier is back with us once again, uh, co founder of Salon Scale. And I say that in a marked way because there's been some changes. So uh, the logical place to start is with uh, with Alicia. How are you today?
0: Yeah, I'm doing real good. Nice to speak with you again.
2: Uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Um, let's start from the beginning. We last spoke, you were in your kitchen uh, at your house. Whereabouts in your house are you today? Because with COVID-19, are you in the room off your kitchen now where your husband was last time?
0: Yes, where he went off. That's where I am now.
2: I absolutely love it. Um, We're in strange times in the world, time of change, of evolution. Um, COVID-19, I won't say new normal, but I've just done it. Uh, How have you been? How has Salon Scale been?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like every company and every person um, are getting really used to saying the word pivot. Um, even pivot subscriptions is is probably laughing because now their name is getting even stronger too. Um, but I think that's the thing that's happening right now is we're all pivoting to this new economy, this new world. Uh, and I can just say salon scale really, we started to identify our really strong uh, strong advantages of really creating a system that helps make salons more profitable so i would just say that it just kind of accelerated our growth quite rapidly and put us into a position to really study um, and get you know go go for where we were projecting we wanted to be
2: so help me understand this and and please do treat me like an idiot like i know nothing because i'm pretty much close to there. In a time when salons have been closed, how can there be growth for your organization when your primary driver is those salons?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in March, we really were like, holy crap, like, this is it. You know, this is a service-based industry. These salons are going to close and they're going to be the last ones to reopen after like during a pandemic, Um and it really put us into a position where we were we were scared for our company, but what happened was as as you know the world kind of shifted and we started to open back up, our company became the thing the tool that they needed to come back behind their chair to be more profitable um, and so it went from this like Holy crap! Like I don't know what's going to happen to like being in the perfect place at the perfect time to launch um, relatively a newer startup uh, in this type of ecosystem.
2: Okay, so as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, the last time I introduced you on this, I said Alise Soulier, founder and CEO of uh, Salon Scale. Now I can see very clearly in front of me in these notes here co-founder. We'll get on to the why in just a second, but let's take this opportunity to bring uh, your colleagues in on this one. If you'd like to introduce them to the audience.
0: Perfect. So we have my co-founder, Tyler Gatehouse. He is the CTO of SalonScale. And we have my other co-founder, Kimberly Badouk, who is the COO of SalonScale.
2: So the big question comes, why the change? And um, I, I don't know, Alicia. Maybe if it's you that speaks to this, or 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 anyone on this one, I, let's have a free for all. I'm good with that. Um, uh, but why the change and the mentality, the the position of going? This is my baby. This is mine. I've got my hands all over it, and now it goes to more of that shared top level responsibility and psychologically. That's a change for anyone to handle and it, the, a level of relinquishing power and control. So actually, I want to start with you on that, Alicia. How did you feel about doing the change? and was it the necessity of the environment that fired it off?
0: Yeah, I think this is a great story. and for any you know founders out there that are starting a startup, you know, you always question, Uh, when is it appropriate to have co-founders and how do I, like, when do I pivot towards this? There we go. I said the word again, pivot. See, Um, But, you know, you, you you have a group of people with you and you start building these relationships. And I have to say that this happened well before the good old uh, global pandemic, but what we had is we had three people that were committed fully. Um, And as we went through the hardest moments in our company, And, you know, I would like to say like when I've basically fallen to the ground, who was there helping me pick it back up? And that was these two. And um, as we build these, uh, these walls back up and build the business back up together, we were stronger together than we ever had been before. Um, And I think what happened is And what happens in general is you get to a stage in your company where you're not just an idea anymore. And you're not just hitting the early stage customers and the early traction. You're now building an actual corporation. And if it's truly going to do what you're saying it's going to do, then it's going to require more than just one founder Um, in a lot of situations. It's going to require more than that. So for us, we, you know, had this moment and I didn't even look back. It wasn't even a question. It was just a... It was just a, an opportunity where we kind of had a conversation just like this on Zoom. And we just said, let's move forward. Like, let's make this official so that we can move forward and we can really truly grow grow the business back together.
2: So Kim, we're talking about the level of growth for the organization, but could you put some numbers around that?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, so in the last, since stopping subscriptions on March 18th, uh, when we last ran the numbers, we actually had 101% overall growth. Um, so at a time where we thought our taps were going to be shut off, they actually poured open. So yeah, that was a, almost a double, I guess a little more than a double.
2: So at a time when um, there's there's a question on the day-to-day revenue and the income of the organization, a, a restructuring is also generally beneficial because of of an an equity change or or a, 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 an investment change within an organization and at a time when we've already seen the incredible growth of this organization it's a great time I take it to breathe maybe maybe i could bring uh kim in at, at this point operationally you're the coo uh, aside from taking um you know operational responsibility off the hands of uh, alicia um when you when you came into this role how was that evolution for you as a person that conversation of hey why don't we actually come into this together form this strategic partnership be together as as co-founders how does that change from what you were doing before to this position?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the biggest change for me, Dan, uh, had really nothing to do with what I was doing day to day. I think uh, pretty much it was what I was always doing. Um, The big thing maybe came in for risk of sounding cheesy is more of the confidence factor. So, something ever since I started uh, in a startup is I have had massive imposter syndrome. Like uh, my background, my background's actually in healthcare. So I've always um, been in this role saying, are these the right decisions? Am I the person qualified to make these? Um, and I, I mean, I, I guess at that point I was. And then as soon as that title came on again, my duties were still the same, but uh, Alicia basically giving me the the okay, like, no, you are doing these. Um, this is your responsibility and you're making these decisions already really gave me a confidence. And I had a huge shift um, after that. And I just felt more comfortable and um, I felt like, I've always felt Salon Scale is a little bit of my baby as well too, uh, being there since the start. But now it's uh, that imposter syndrome that I can actually call it my baby as well too, um, and you really have that onus, and uh, you just you you need to see it. You need to see it succeed. So um, that kind of came with with the title as well too. But as far as the day to day, it was something I was already doing. It's just uh, again having that confidence to do them.
2: there is, there is a phrase. Uh, which I live by, which is putting your money where your mouth is. Um, and I I completely uh, believe in this. I've gone into partnership with people before and I've worked with people on interesting projects, um, everything from production to automotive. And it's it's been a case of I've been previously assisting on something or supporting something from an agency point of view, and then you go into this position of going, okay, well, I believe in this. I can see the growth. I'm putting I'm putting in for this not only my time, my effort, but I'm making this higher level of commitment because I believe in what I'm doing. And I'm finally the person who's really controlling my destiny as as a part of this machine, as a leading part of this machine. Um, Tyler, let me come on to you on this one. Um, Salon Scales got an established suite of tools and facilities and service and the way that they support their clients. Uh, you're in the role of um, Director of Product Development. Uh, what do you see that's there now? What can you say, and I don't want you to break any NDAs, of course, but what can you say that's down the, down the road as opportunities, as salons come back online, and maybe it's efficiency or product or delivery systems, what do you see is that next step?
4: Um, great question, and thank you. Uh, I think we are kind of already taking that next step. We had just released kind of throughout COVID, um, and now actually within this past week, we've released two completely overhauled apps for our clients. So they're going to get a whole host of features that they've been asking for over the year. Well, years, I should say. Um, and that's due in part to, we have more people now, like we, we are growing. Uh, and part of that is we had, we had labor constraints before that are now starting to be satisfied. And we're able to deliver a lot more. At, so part of the roadmap without really breaking anything crazy is that you will expect to see a lot more, I would say versatility Um, a lot more we'll say like larger salon focused features and larger salon focused um, services and and that's just because our clientele now is starting to pivot in that direction so it's great yeah does that answer your question fully or yeah it completely does and
2: just getting on to the conversation that I was having with Kim just now just from that point of view of changing the relationship and coming in as as a co-founder how did you find that dynamic and 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 actually the 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 thing that really interests me is the relationship piece how does the relationship change between all three of you with this step forward i mean obviously you're going to have uh, proper uh, documentation and agreements and contracts that goes without saying but the actual relationship and, and decision making, because let's let's face it, there can be points where Alicia may say, well, I don't agree necessarily with that. But, you know, you, you guys are co-founders, so let's give it a go. And, and the relinquishing of the crown to an extent, there's still the fingers on there, but not both hands, let's say. Uh, so, Tyler, what about that side of it?
4: Sure. I think to, to answer this in order um, with the, the mental shift, Kim Kim summed that up quite well. Uh, There was a little bit of a shift towards, Hey, my relationship has changed now between these two. Um, Alicia is still, you know, as the CEO, she's still very much the the leader. Uh, But before that, there was definitely like a, a separation, you know, and now it's a little bit more level. I think with that, not only does the relationship change, but your responsibilities change as well. So now I have a responsibility towards them uh, as, much as, as much as anyone else on my team, maybe more so towards them because we're in this really together. Um, and, and I guess to, to kind of answer that a little bit further with regard to you were asking, um, sorry, you were asking about our, our agreements or our disagreements or whatever. I think one thing that I very much have always appreciated, not only about Alicia, but about Kim, and about our teamwork and our chemistry is that we value each other's opinions independent of even our person, right? So we might disagree on something and Lord knows that, that that'll happen more often than not, right? That's, that's just the nature of the beast, but-
2: As it, it's, as it absolutely should be.
4: Yeah, absolutely, right? But it's, it's that discourse that you're looking for. If we just agree upon everything, then all decisions would be made one way and You know, who knows where we'd wind up, but it is that discourse that we value between each other and we value each other as people and our ideas that really, I think, make us stronger together, make that relationship stronger. And ultimately from a top-down perspective, make every other employee stronger within our company, you know, so if they see a united front and they see that, Hey, there might be disagreements or, you know, they, they know of these things, um, that's fine, right? Like that's good because it's, it's going to be impossible and it's unrealistic to expect otherwise. So I think it it bodes well for our culture to have that type of relationship.
2: And if there's one thing that I noticed from early days and from uh, our first interaction was there was always a large focus on fostering the relationship with the salon owners and the professionals delivering the service further down the pipe. Uh, What have you seen in... in, in, uh, these dark times, as uh, your role in supporting them as people, as human beings, as people in the same industry as you, where, you know, we've spoken about uh, Alicia's uh, background and having been there uh, at, at, at the front end, and you've seen and lived these experiences. So where is that focus on supporting the people on the front lines in uh, the salons as they get up to that next stage of, of uh, being up and running.
0: Yeah, I think I can uh, help with this as well. I think, you know, we pivoted really, I'm going to say this the whole time, just so you know, sorry. Um, and now sorry, cause I'm Canadian. That's what will happen. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, we, really go high hard into our, our our community. Like when we had this happen, we shifted our financial model. We basically shut off all payments for them because we understood that there was a, there was a, you know, who did we want to be as a company out of this? What did we want to do to support our salon owners um, through this time? And um, that's what we did. We basically were like, don't worry about paying us till July. Uh, we put it July 1st, Canada's birthday, because why not celebrate? Um, and then what we did was we really hosted as many webinars. And, you know, between Tyler, Kim and I, you know, we really grew this uh, fundamental community through uh, through scale and using these online platforms to say, hey, like, we're not going to talk about our products right now, but let's talk about what your needs are. What do you need to talk about this week? And we created a Together We Talk series, which drove almost 1,800 eyeballs to our platform Uh, and it was an incredible way to help them and then from there like tyler and kim we built better processes we built better features that are coming through just by talking to them this way so you know for us community is everything and this thing in technology right now when you can you know marry the community aspect and the product-led um you know, decision-making, if you can kind of pair those things right now, you are starting to build like a massive funnel process of success, really, because it's driving from this community. Um, and it really helps build that sales engine along the way as well.
2: So that brings me to a question. Um, during the first phase of lockdown, I, um, there was obviously with virtually every organization furloughing, some unfortunately had to lay off. But did it give you an opportunity to also look at your product and go, okay, we know what features we want to bring to this. And I'll take this to Tyler. We know what features we want to bring to this, but maybe there's elements that we want to retire from this so that when people are back up and running, something that maybe was a bit Heavy on friction in the usage is now smoothed out or a change of process or, or whatever that might be
4: yeah um, so again, getting back to our, our big releases we've actually we've actually been in the process of continually removing friction uh, and that goes from the minute you touch the app or the minute you start to sign up, which is kind of our next endeavor uh, to the minute you close your session like that's really we kind of looked at it from from start to finish on how like, where are people getting choked up? What are things that they don't like? What are things that they do like? And I think speaking to Alicia's point about really driving home the community aspect of us, uh, a big portion of that was really starting to think about salon scale, not just in terms of as, you know, it's a tool that you use, but we've started to also preach it as it's what's going to fundamentally allow you to take control of your business. So with that philosophy in mind now, we're starting to take a lot more, and this is part of like the the road mapping. We're trying to take a lot more into like more analytical features or more features that are going to basically enable or make the stylists and the salon owners feel like, hey, like every single thing that I'm doing is contributing not only to my own you know, my own cause or my own commission, but also to like my peers around me, right, like it's, it's also, it, it comes from when the client steps in uh, to the when the client leaves to when they return again. They have a good idea of where they sit with their formulas, where they sit with their, their cash flow, um, as well as having all of that documented and, and recorded for themselves is quite nice, so. Again, we're really trying to push that. Um, I've been a big proponent of saying, this is the year of the mobile. Everyone's coming through our website through mobile, right? We have the Instagram swipe up now. We have these great webinars. We have all of these things are being hosted and they're all coming through our system through mobile. So the more we kind of put an emphasis on making things easy to use, uh, smaller, like more in your hand, I think the better results we're getting. So, And that's, and that's just proven through our traction here.
2: Okay. So this is a by-the-by question. It's not a serious question, but I am intrigued. You can all spot my beautiful haircut that I have thanks to nature. Uh, This is as it happens. So my question to you, each individually, just for a bit of light relief, is I heard everywhere from people with their COVID hair and their lockdown hair and the such like, how long did it take you to to either DIY or are you in a relationship with a stylist and it's really beneficial or what what was your journey for getting your hair done because believe me Mr. Clippers came out a number of times for me so um I don't know Kim let's start with you
3: uh I mean I know some people that know some people (laughs) that can uh help me with my hair but uh I, I stayed true to everything and I actually, it took me, I just got my hair done last week. So I stayed strong. It was a lot of, um, let's call them messy ponytails, but I'm just going to say that's the trend of 2020. So really I was just being a trendsetter with it and uh, throw it all back. So I stayed Tyler.
2: strong.
4: <laughs> Tyler, how about you? Uh, I pretty well went full down and just shaved the head yep. within the first week. Yeah.
2: I have to say that is remarkable regrowth in that time. But also, in fairness, that's also a level of jealousy on my part. Uh, moving on, uh, Alicia. Uh,
0: I was a Kim and I held strong and we yeah, I had an appointment as soon as I think the first week that, you know, my former <laughs> business partner opened. Um, but something that uh, we actually did is we had uh, the first time we could have like our, our staff together because we were under 10. So it was, we were allowed Um, I ended up cutting, (laughs) I ended up practicing my cutting skills again and cutting like three of the staff's, (laughs) three of the staff's hair. So listen, it it paid to be a former hairstylist for my staff to help clean up those COVID cuts. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I get you with that. Uh, equally, equally, I'm just sure you did a beautiful job, but which member of staff is going to say, no, no boss. I won't have it done. No, no, no. I'm fine.
3: She likes to give me bangs sometimes, so I kind of stood back in the corner cuz I wasn't ready for bangs during COVID. <laughs> so I was I, like, you know, I'm going to go play uh, play over here.
4: <laughs> I was going to say that the like Alicia's like, you know, she's got a pretty good reputation as a stylist across the country in North America. So getting a haircut from her is kind of like, oh yeah, I've got my haircut by Alicia. You know, it's a little bit of a, it's a pride point. So
2: That is pretty cool. So one of the changes that I can observe or I have observed, there was always a focus on um supporting your client salons and the stylists. There's that's always been there. I observe that there's been a stepping up of the relationship building and, and making it meaningful, having that relationship really give value to the people who are who during that time were not at their salons not working not uh, in that place where they could do something at that time but now the relationship by default is even warmer and ultimately from a business point of view should pay dividends because you know we we're not talking about purely monetizing relationships but from a business perspective the warmer the relationship the better the opportunity as you move forwards and um, why wouldn't you do you think that in the time and and as as uh, Alicia you've stepped back from the day to day and you've been freed up to do other things there's an opportunity for you to do more of that personal uh, leadership relationship building and that I don't know maybe it's that new biz push maybe what is that now you have all this time what is what is it you're going to fill it with?
0: Well, I mean, I've been enjoying the outdoors a lot. Um, just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, honestly, like, you know, these two have things that I don't encompass. And I realized that by me consistently trying to fill a vo- like fill this up and try to figure these things out, Um, We were doing a disservice to the company and ultimately you got to a point where am I holding our, our company back, am I the one that's going to hold us back because I'm trying to learn everything before I do things. Um, And so really, the relationship kind of grew from there. And now, you know, we became like a super person, we all three of us have strengths that really actually, if you take any single relationship test, or any type of personality test, we have that. And so basically, it, you know, it, it made me be able to focus on the things that I excel at. And that is that community piece and the communication piece and the sales piece. So for me, I'm probably one of our stronger sales uh, people. And uh, because I obviously truly understand the product, uh, but I also love networking and I like to grow, you know, the, you know, the communication about salon scale anywhere I go. so being able to free me up allows me to go and start to work on those partnership relationships for the company, find strong aligned brands that are going to partner with us for, for us to have massive um, growth and then these two are really helping the day-to-day operations but also growing the you know structure um, that, it, that it's going to take to consistently hit hit our goals.
2: So when it comes to growth, there's two ways to grow, increase the number of markets or increase the number of lines. I guess you're pretty much going to do both.
0: Yeah, let's go, go for gold, right?
2: <laughs> and why not? Okay, for people who want to find out more information about the organization, if they weren't up to date from our previous uh, chat, uh, Kim, let me know where people can find out more information.
3: So, if you want more information on Salon Scale, I would say head to our website, uh, www.salonscale.com. Uh, that's where we have most of our information. Uh, something that's a little bit unique about us, too, is we're pretty active on social media. Uh, so, if you head to our Instagram, Salon Scale, or Facebook, Salon Scale, we do a lot of posting on there. Um, whether it's to do with the product or just with the community in general, uh, that's where you'll find a lot about us. We're a pretty chatty group, so um, it's easy to find some information on us, that's for sure.
1: Startup Phil is brought to you by Innovation Place. Helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at WeTellYourStories.ca. The show is produced by me, Mike Wolfsfeld, and our host, Dan Gold. Our theme music is from Gigi Riggs and Reactor Productions. Learn more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com startupbill, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at StartupbillPod. See you next time on Startupbill.